1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcaster. We guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. Uh, I'm joined as always. (laughs) Sometimes, Sometimes. exactly. I'm joined as sometimes by my co-host and partner in crime and friend, Rob Langevin. Rob, we continue to be inconsistent. We suck. and, And we're sorry.
2: We suck. Our advice is good. Our time allotted to our fans and our general public sucks.
1: Yeah, we mentioned on the last show, we both just have a lot going on at the moment, and we're very sorry to not come at you more regularly, um, but this time we're not going to promise that it's going to get better, because yeah. then we'd be liars, maybe, we just don't know, but we're going to try to get these out to you guys uh, as we can, and hopefully that's enough for you guys to stick around with us, but we do apologize for being a little bit inconsistent. That in the rear view, Rob, <laughs> there's a lot going on. In football right now, as there always, is, it's a never-ending news cycle. But let's pick up with today where Jose Mourinho dismissed Paul Pogba from training. This just seems to be circling the toilet for Manchester United. Is there a single Manchester United player you feel like you can own right now?
2: Um, I mean, I, I wish I had the number for Michael Carrick, because Michael Carrick would probably be the best <laughs> guy to talk to, since he may be the next manager, who knows. Um, Yeah, I mean... You're not looking at Lukaku. Lukaku's missed more chances than he scored. Uh, Pogba's in the turmoil right now, and now he's now he's being mixed in with the names of Ronaldo, Hazard, and Pogba. You know this is the third time that Josie's doing this and alienating his one of his better players. Um, defensively, I think that's maybe where you might look. Maybe like a Luke Shaw. Um, De Gea is overpriced. I think you can just ride the 4.5 goalkeeper gamut and get enough returns to, you know, make it worth your while you know this this news for United is is not good but you know they still have the Champions League and you know other games on the on the horizon so you know rotation wise it knocks one one link out of the chain but you know they still have that you know the propensity to to mix and match at the, at the back now but yeah until until we figure out where and what Mourinho is doing and going and going to do cuz you know he seems like just a scorned ex girlfriend right now. You know, throwing a throw,
1: Soon to be ex girlfriend. A scorned yeah, still current on her way out girlfriend. Basically.
2: Yeah, basically. I mean it's basically like you ever leave a sweatshirt or something you really, really liked at like an ex girlfriend's house oh, and yeah. you just reach you reach out to them and out of nowhere and you be like, Hey, can I get that sweatshirt? And then you just you know, she's like, Yeah, come over and she's being nice to you like on like a text or on the phone. And then you show up at her place, and she just basically throws it in your face and kicks you in the balls as you walk out the door. Um, <laughs> that's basically what's going on at United right now. Basically, we're getting a big kick in the balls fantasy-wise. Uh,
1: that is what I call analysis. Um, yeah, personally, I currently do have Luke Shaw on my team. He was in my wildcard team. figured if he was starting, he'd be pretty decent because he's seen he's been seemingly playing very well. But the fact that they just can't keep clean sheets is obviously a big concern. Um, but yeah, outside of him, I'm not really sure there's anybody you can trust. Lukaku will still get his goals every now and then. I don't think anybody would say that Lukaku won't reach around 20 goals this season. Um, it, he just won't be a fun own uh, on, on the route to that. Um, going across town uh, to Manchester City, we have a couple of points to touch on. Uh, we'll start with Benjamin Mendy. Um, I think on the last show we were on... We were talking about how Mendy Robertson and um, uh, Alonzo were all must-owns, but how practically you could really only own two unless you were really cheaping out somewhere else. <laughs> this week, no Mendy because of the injury, and Alonzo and Robertson are playing each other uh, if people did buy in on two, uh, which way would you recommend people go? If they have Mendy, should they try to hold till it gets better? If you have Alonso or Robertson, are you starting both? Are you starting one? Just what are you doing with this whole wingback situation?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I sold off on Liverpool because of their schedule. When we start, I believe it on, when we started talking about that last on the last podcast that we did. Um, you know, I'm going to hold Alonso only because I think he has more, you know, going forward capabilities than. Than Robertson does in the upcoming fixtures because you're not just looking at this week. Yes, Chelsea Liverpool is you know like a you know a minus one minus one for everybody and everybody in their head because we both we could probably just say right now at the same time say we both think both both teams are going to score for, for sure. Probably, you know, um, Mendy. This is an interesting thing. You know, we just missed a price drop. You know, it just happened. You know, yesterday. So if it depends on what you bought Mendy in, if you're a believer in him longer term, but you know his price tag depending on what you bought it bought him in at. It is such an intriguing thing because if you have multiple transfers or you're on your wild card or things like that, you could look at teams that have good two or three game stretches of fixtures. You know, you have the Burnleys, you have the Bournemouths. you have you have Wolves who are starting to get a little bit of momentum. You know, in, in the Premier, and defensively they are starting to set their guys pretty much how they want to play every game. You know, you got Willie Bowley, you got Dockerty you know, you got guys there that are assets. Bowley is a is a giant. He's basically Van Dyke esque in for the Wolves defense in the in the penalty area on set pieces, crosses, and such like that. And Doherty is is no slouch either. He's doing a lot of stuff set piece wise, crosses wise. He's doing a lot of the ancillary stats that fan you know the official game doesn't do. But if you're in draft formats and and uh, other scoring that takes advantage of that, Doherty is is a is a gem right now. Um, but yeah, if you if you had like last week, if you're looking at your team right now and you have more than one of Alonzo, Mendy, Robertson, you know TAA, you know, I'd probably if you have a free transfer, I'd be looking to get at least one of those guys out. It'd probably be me, Mendy, because of what we don't know. There's a big if surrounding him. And if you want to buy back in, you can transfer down from Alonzo to Mendy because Mendy is cheaper than and everybody else in this bracket. So you can always buy back into Mendy, but it'll come at the expense of An Alonso, or, you know, your other high priced uh, defender.
1: Yeah. um, Unfortunately, I, unlike you, am stuck with two of these. I did shift off Mendy before the price dropped, fortunately, Um, but I still do still have Robertson and Alonso. And for whatever it's worth, uh, I haven't actually made a switch yet this week, much like um, my uh, opening season team. I always leave it at least a week before making a switch um, just because I did all of that. Analysis in the build-up for a reason. I thought you know, past just one week, um, so I do still have both of them in my team. I do still have my transfer this week if I want to use it, but I think I'm just going to stick with who I have. And, and looking at it now, I'm thinking I'll probably just roll out um, on, of the two of them. I'm thinking Robertson, Shaw, and Wambasaka and putting Alonso on the bench. Because I think Liverpool score more in this match. But I I totally agree with you that Alonso's attacking returns are more likely to offset goals conceded. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm way more worried about the front three of Liverpool against Chelsea's defense than I am the front three for Chelsea against Liverpool's defense. And so it's possible I'm getting swayed a little bit too much by that. But that's, that's currently how I have it right now. So my back three um set at time of recording without a transfer yet this week are robertson shaw against west ham and juan basaka who by the way can, let's let's just take a second to just talk appreciate. about appreciate yeah how amazing juan basaka is he already has three clean sheets and an assist this season as a 4.0 midfielder. What's he? Up? Oh, he's up to 4.3 oh. now. But if if you were ever listening to anyone, not just us, you would have had Wambasaka in week 1. When Wambasaka was added to the game 2 years ago, he was 4.5. And really? somehow this year when he's actually starting every week, he's at 4.0. It's just awesome. The the only thing I'll take uh, a second to to detract from his awesomeness is he did have to come on in like the 30th minute yesterday. Uh, as we record in the EFL Cup because of an injury, hope I, I doubt that that means he's not going to play because they literally don't have anyone better at right back ever since uh, Fosu-Mensah left after his loan. Um, yeah. But j- just just keep an eye on it. He may be a little tired. I'm not saying bench him. I'm not saying anything like that. Just don't maybe don't expect as much as you typically would, which is incredible to say about a 4.0 uh, yep. defender.
2: Yeah, I mean, just look at what he's doing bonus point-wise. That's that's basically what you're looking for. And he's basically, he's not even on first place in his own team in defenders for bonus points received. But the games that he does, he's awesome. You know, the BPS system is how they determine the bonus points, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, he's yeah. actually third behind Sacco and Van, Van Einhold. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it is what he's noting that a, yeah.
1: anytime he's gotten a bonus point, he's gotten all three bonus all points. Three.
2: Yeah, he's he's like, no, I don't want some, I'll take all.
1: Yeah, for real. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Incorrect. That's literally the point of cake. Give me my three bonus points.
2: Here, I'll I'll give you an even better bonus point thing for for Wamba Sokka. Out of all all the outfield players for Crystal Palace, that includes every starter that's played a game for them, not including goaltenders. He has the same amount of points as every other player on his outfield team of bonuses. He's got nine. Everybody else has nine combined. Wow. Uh, hey, man, that's
1: promising. We, we talked about this last year with Salah, how weirdly he just doesn't attract the bonus points. Um, so if you can get it somewhere else and you have somebody like that that just keeps not getting respected in, in the baps, getting somebody like Wan-Bissaka. E- e- even if you... <laughs> I just realized we've been talking this whole time like literally everyone had him. Um, and he's only at 28%. Mm-hmm. If you don't own him, don't not own him because you feel like you already missed out. Yeah. 4.3 is still an incredible value considering the kind of point returns that you're getting.
2: And and his schedule isn't awful coming up. I mean, there's a stretch where basically from week 10 to week 13, you're not going to play him because it's Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, United. But Mm -hmm. you still have three more weeks, Bournemouth, Wolves, Everton. But yeah. before that. And in his even, price, you aren't selling him those weeks. Yeah, you're, you're just not, not selling. playing him those He's weeks. basically your he will become your fifth def your you know your fifth defender. Like he should be as a four yeah. defender. <laughs> but but now everybody's playing him and getting all the benefits of it. And you know, for the first two weeks of his of his uh his good point returns, people had him as like their first sub, and they had him come in for one of their defenders who's who just sat out and it, it yep. sucks. It's just dumb luck, but that's the way the system rolled.
1: Yep, yep. Um I just realized we took that weird detour. We started at Manchester City. So let's pull it back there. Um so City had a uh, what would you say pretty decent outing last week. I mean 5-0 yeah. that that's, that's pretty good. Um so I want to bring up as always the Manchester City midfield because this has been it's it's um very much like chasing the tail of the dragon when it comes to fantasy points in Manchester City's midfield. As soon as one of your guys get gets a big point return You're just trying to chase those points again for the next five weeks as they tend to rotate. So Mm -hmm. last week, Mares gets two goals. Gundogan gets a goal and an assist. Bernardo Silva gets a goal and an assist. Obviously, Aguero scores. Sterling and Sané also pick up assists on route as well. But I want to focus on Mares, Gundogan, and Bernardo Silva. Because Mm -hmm. people have been on and off about Gundogan just because he's a cheap Man City representation. Mares is the big one, though. Marez came over from Leicester, obviously. He finally rehabilitated himself last year after a disappointing year the year previous. He finally gets his chance, really, here for Manchester City. I think it was just his second start of the season. Didn't look that up. I hope that's right. Um, but he scores the two goals. But Bernardo Silva, who quote-unquote plays the same position as him... Also gets a goal and an assist. Are, what what are you reading into this, or are you not looking at the specifics, just backing up and just saying the Manchester City midfield's crazy? Just be happy with what you get.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a dart throw. I mean you know it, this is like one of those you know fool me fool me once games. You know are people going with Bruno Silva because of his returns last game? or do they know something that we all don't based on his price that they're buying into it Gundogan to me is, is completely everybody's buying into it because they want an asset on city based on price and that's it mores has played half the minutes that everybody else has but you know is scoring when he when he's on the pitch but you know granted it is it is against cardiff and they don't play them every week um raheem sterling played well yesterday in the in the in the cup game um when he came on but you know is he's still lying in the weeds? It's just the price thing for him. Sane is basically lying in the weeds as well, you know. So, and 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 David Silva was the the bell of the ball three weeks ago when people were doing all their wild card and bringing him in because they wanted they wanted him for that yeah. one game, and he and he scored in that one game, and now he's basically thrown aside. So I mean, the city midfield for me is it's kind of a crapshoot whether you you hit on it or, or not. Great because you don't actually. No, or you can take an educated guess of who you think is going to start. Um, I think think Sterling is going to play most games, you know, up high as an, you know, the secondary striker or like a, you know, an offshoot striker for them. Then everybody else behind him changes, you know, Silva, Gundogan, Mares, you know, Sané, the other Silva, Dilva, whatever you want to call him. It's it's tough. Because you want you want those assets, especially for these upcoming fixtures that they have, you know, Brighton especially this week, and then after the Liverpool match they have Burnley. So if you're buying in, you're probably you know holding on for this these three these three games here, and then figuring it out later if you haven't wild then then you'll play it as it comes. But I wish I wish there was a like a set it and forget it Man City lineup that we could all just invest in. Um, when we if we talk about our teams later, you know, I kind of took a shot in the dark this week with with City because I, I like what I. I'm seeing out of Raheem, Ster- uh, Raheem Sterling because I had the money to play mm-hmm. with in midfield and I didn't transfer out an, an asset because I don't own uh, Mohamed Salah. So I have a little bit of money to, to go, you know, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul with, and I'm taking a shot with Raheem Sterling this week because I think he's going to get the start and I'll think he'll, I think he'll play up top. I think a lot of people are buying into, into Bernardo Silva and Gudigan based on their price because they're, they can get assets that way and buy into the, the Man City attack, based on the prices. So based on transfers in, Bernardo Silva is almost almost at a hundred thousand this week. Gundogan is sixty-seven thousand. Sterling at seventeen thousand. Then it falls off. Sané, Marquez, and David Silva. So I think people are buying into Bernardo Silva, based on his price. But you know he's got two consecutive 90s, a goal and an assist in those last two games. But the game before that, he played 32 minutes against New. Newcastle, that's a game that you think that he probably would have played against because Newcastle isn't on the same pitch of par with with City. But now that they have a, a, a good fixture coming up again, that could happen again with Brighton. So he could play only, you know, he could come on as a sub, which I probably, I think is probably going to happen. The, the problem with this is nobody knows, Kevin. You want to buy into the City midfield, nobody knows. Great. If you bought Silva last week and you monopolized on it, great. If you had Gundogan, great. But I guarantee that most of the people in the, in the FPL universe... Didn't have the right combination of, of city assets. Obviously, they didn't own own Sane or Marez based on their ownership rates. But somebody owned Sterling, and it was like, oh, he only got six points. Somebody owned Silva. Ugh, oh, he didn't even play. So mm. I mean, I mean, the, the ownership rates of, of Bruno Silva now have gone up because he's at eight point one percent. But if you take the hundred thousand people that have borrowed him in just this week, you, he's basically down to six. He's basically down to six percent before this week. So. I mean, you can't really look at it. A lot of people are buying in after the process, which we always say is never a good thing. And the same thing with Gundogan, sixty-seven thousand in. He's he was owned. He's owned currently at three point nine percent. If you add that number previously to what he was owned in, he's under three percent owned before this week. So people have to realize not many people were owning Bernardo Silva and okay Gundogan. So yeah. you're basically there's still a, a, pa, a non pattern of ownership with a lot of the the big time owners in in FPL.
1: Yeah, I, I think the big takeaway here with the City guys is you're largely getting what you're paying for. If you're trying to cheap out in the City attack with Gundogan or Bernardo Silva, it is going to be boom and bust. And mm-hmm. then the question is, are you going to stick it out when it's bust, or are you just going to upgrade? Like you mentioned, going to Sterling obviously um, looks like an attractive option. I mean, the three goals and assists in the in the first five, six Six matches Six. Um, makes him the highest scoring uh, midfielder, but it is just by three. So if you've mm-hmm. been trying to ride this cheap train, you're still pretty close total points wise. Um, but you'll you'll just have to deal with the frustration if you do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also want to bring up uh, chances created for these Manchester City players. For whatever it's worth, if you're if you're trying to get assists from this Manchester City team, yes, the leader is David Silva. Third place is Bernardo Silva. Fourth place is Raheem Sterling. You know who's second? Uh, Benjamin Mendy. Sergio Aguero. Nice. Yes. So just uh, as, as you're trying to bounce all of these, at this point, we know Aguero's playing. Yeah. Um. We pretty much week in week out he did finally sign a contract which has allayed a lot of fears that he might be rotated out as he may leave at the end of the season Um. so f- for me it's, it's full steam ahead on Sergio Aguero at the moment but we'll get to that in a little bit I want to stick with chances created though to talk about your boy Willian because Willian? a lot of people have been doing this Willian Pedro will they won't they anti-hazard play and it seems like anytime one of them starts They don't do anything, but if they come on as a sub, they do stuff. They do something, But now Willian leads the league in chances created. He's looked very dangerous when he's been on the pitch as the kind of resident Chelsea expert. Is it worth bringing in Willian at this point, or is this, like the City thing, just going to rotate between the two of them?
2: Yeah, I think it's just a a rotational thing. Look at the the Caribou Cup lineup today. Willian gets the start. So, you know, with Chelsea getting the extra day, they play Sunday. Um, You know, it doesn't really you know, help in the decision-making or no, they don't play. They play Saturday. I'm sorry. They're a the late game on Saturday They play Liverpool. Um, but, you know, him being in the lineup automatically throws up a question mark saying, well, this looks like a Pedro game from the start. And then you'll get, you know, you'll get Willian, uh, you know, on at the 65th minute and, you know, we'll see what he's going to do, but you're not bringing him in this week against Liverpool just based on the propensity of Liverpool to not give up, you know, the quantity of goals that, you know, Chelsea are capable of scoring against the team of, you know, lower level capability because Liverpool is not that team. So this week I'm not looking at, at looking at owning William over overall. I, I don't love owning another Chelsea midfielder or forward other than Eden Hazard. Um, I know you're trying to, this is like the, this is like city, but on a lesser scale because Chelsea, I don't think have the, the, you know, the amount of assets that city have going through the midfield and the points that they give you in return. Um, you're not, you're not going to downplay. All right, well the whole world's owning Ed Nazard right now at 35%. So I'm going to try to outsmart outsmart the fox here and I'm going to own Pedro who's owned in, you know, a third of the third of the amount of leagues because I think he's going to get, you know, equal o- or amount of points that that Hazard is going to do over this stretch of time. It's that's never really a good thing. I would never really try to relay an asset off of somebody else because if you're going to go for an asset you might as well own it because if the ownership of another guy is that high, like Hazard, at 35 percent, if you don't own Hazard and Hazard goes off and you own Pedro and he doesn't do anything, you're going to get buried in the standings.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. So would you largely say if you're going to own a Chelsea player in the midfield, just own Hazard and avoid all this nonsense?
2: I, I would because mm-hmm. what what kind of returns ha, has William given you in, in the Premier League? He's given you one goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. Three of those games were non-starts. Yeah. So you basically got screwed if you owned them. Pedro, same thing. I'm going to go to his thing. He's got three goals, didn't even play last week, and two of the other games were, were starts mm-hmm. or non-starts. And, and he's, both – all three games – well, two of the games he played, he scored as a starter. One, he scored off the bench. So, yeah. you know – this, this all just falls back onto the same thing again. I hate that we don't know our line, the lineups before we set up, before roster locks yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But, you know in the
1: ESPN game you can wait until lineups lock.
2: Yeah, I heard the ESPN game is, a, is an interesting tool and an asset that maybe FPL players would like to use on the covert status style and join up. You know, maybe go to ESPN.com slash Fantasy Premier so, something like that. I don't actually or know something. the URL. Or I guarantee if you just type in ESPN Fantasy Premier League, it'll come up. Probably. Maybe you'll see maybe you'll see stuff from this handsome gentleman that you can't even see, but I'm just vouching for his handsomeness. <laughs> On the other hand, maybe you'll read something of his.
1: Maybe. We're just going to let that sit there. Um <laughs> we mentioned <Mariny>. um, <laughs> we mentioned uh aguero earlier well i did is um a player that i have full confidence in um but i'm in this interesting captain thing across many different games um because uh harry is as, as the resident tottenham guy we just we just did rob as the resident chelsea guy is the resident tottenham guy harry kane looked back last week it wasn't the goal so it's not that like quick reactionary stuff He looked very good, and he knew he looked good because when they asked him if he felt good, he said, that was the best I've played this season. Um, He was finally letting loose with his shots first time as opposed to just dilly-dallying among the the box and around defenders. Um, Just the sharpness was back, the passing was back, the hold-up play, the shooting, getting a little bit involved in aerial play, uh, which of course Brighton uh, are wont to do. It was a very good performance from Harry Kane, so much so that I was considering either adding or captaining Harry Kane. Now, what's interesting is he put up this very good performance against Brighton, and now you're saying, will he do it against Huddersfield? You'd assume so, since they're dead last in, like, everything. Mm -hmm. But, on the other hand, Aguero will face that same Brighton team this week. So, it's really a question of, do you buy that Harry Kane's turnaround was because he's finally playing better, or was it because of Brighton's... uh, Failures, and if it's Brighton's failures, then wouldn't you rather go with Aguero against that same team this week? Curious to get your thoughts.
2: You know, I'm just not sold on on Kane. I know his next five fixtures are, you know, okay, or three next three. Sorry, Huddersfield, Cardiff, West Ham, next three. Um, and given his ownership, it's he's really owned pretty more more than I thought. I actually was just surprised he's only 25.3% of leagues which is a higher number than what I I completely thought. Um, I think people bought in on the wild card week cuz he'd finally scored in August. Yeah, Aguero's owned in 52% of leagues. So I mean, you know, there's probably people out there that own both and maybe don't own Salah. So I mean, that could be a thing. So if you own both, you know, kudos because you're a penny pitching coupon snatcher. But um yeah, I I just I just can't go against not owning Sergio Aguero right now. I know Kane is going to end up, you know, in the mid to high 20s goal-wise. Aguero should be right on his tail somewhere in there, um, but given the price tag, you know, that also has to factor into this because Aguero is still a million dollars cheaper yeah. than Aguero, um, and that's not. If it was point one, I'd be like, okay, you know, flip a coin, you know, go outside, you know, Rochambeau, your buddy, and then you you go back inside and, and set your lineup. But you know, ro- Aguero is is the is to me the the better owner only because I think that City score more goals and he has more opportunities to be involved in goals. Like you said, he has four assists on, on the year already through six games. You know, the most assists he ever had was, was 11, and that was a couple years ago, and that was in, you know, 29 games. So, you know, he's on, a, he's on pace for, you know, 16, 16? Yeah, 16, 16. It's not going to happen, but I'm just saying he's on pace for right right around 16 assists. So, will that happen? Probably not. But <laughs> given it, given his cheapness, you know the the amount of goals that City scores, and he's basically a he's definitely going to start. I think he's more of the starter there for City, which is always the question mark there. But I think it's been answered. Yeah, I, I'm leaning I'm leaning Aguero just based on what he's done in the past, how much they're going to City's going to score, and how much I hate Spurs. Okay. No, <laughs>
1: uh i i I very much agree with you i think as as a value which seems crazy to say about a player like aguero who is already um 11.4 um but he is he is a quote-unquote better value than kane and he's given you more reason to believe in him um he's only blanked twice this season although weirdly he's only scored in two matches um but like we've said he has provided those assists on those off weeks um but yeah I, I if you have Kane already if you're in that 20 whatever percent Rob just said, I don't think you need to get rid of him or be worried just because he he didn't score oh wait he did he scored the penalty
2: yeah he um, got the cheap the cheapie at the
1: end I actually forgot about that um but um the it it the performance is what was promising not the fact that he scored the penalty uh so if you have him obviously hold hold on to him these next three and then if he scores in those next three you may be encouraged to keep him against City and then Wolves and Palace and Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, yeah. with really only City, Wolves, and Chelsea giving me any concern. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Palace or Arsenal. Although I think Palace have like three clean sheets already, so what yeah, do I they know? do.
2: But Ars- <laughs> Arsenal's given up six goals in the last two away games. It's pretty awesome. Oh, Arsenal are really?
1: bad away from home, you say? And then yeah. they got rid of the manager that was bad away from home and brought in Unai Emery, another manager that Unai. struggles away from home, and they're still struggling away from home? Yeah, it's crazy what? to think about. Crazy, mind-blown. Doesn't make any sense. I I I'm loathe to believe it. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, you wanted to get into before uh, we headed out of here?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about, you know, bigger name guys, the the most the most owned guys, especially on defense through the midfield. A lot of people own what we've talked about. We we mentioned basically Chelsea, City, I, I want to touch on the, the lower plate, the lower guys, the guys that have like great matchups that I mentioned before that you could probably steal some value from. I, I mainly want to touch on Bournemouth, Burnley, and Wolves because their prices are, are conveniently, you know, you know, Dollar General, Dollar Discount is basically what you're looking for. Out of the out of those three clubs, <laughs> and, and I'm not really buying into Burnley that much. Uh, I, they're so up and down for me. I don't I don't know if they're getting, you know, they're out of the Europa now, so they can just you know chill and and focus on what they're doing. Um, but the last couple games has been inspiring, but I'm still not I'm still not buying in. Wolves to me are, are the better investment for a longer term period with with what they're doing. But out of the out of the lower market teams, Kev, who who are some of your bargain bin guys that people should keep an eye on in the Premier League? Give me give me whatever a star like a defender, a midfielder, fo- anybody. Ooh, bargain bin guys. Uh, for whatever
1: it's worth, we did not talk about this in advance, so don't judge me when I'm wrong. Um, uh, For a goalkeeper, I have um, been very wrong thus far on Begovic. The, the matchups just seemed so good through like the first 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Still has Palace, Watford, Southampton, and Fulham to go. Um, wait, this is anti. I'm, I'm doing a bad job. Uh, how about uh, Joe Hart for yeah. Burnley? You mentioned you didn't like them, but he leads the league in saves, um, which is keeping him relevant even weeks where he is conceding. Um, He got 10 points, I think it was, against United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Without getting the clean sheet, just because he had Mm -hmm. seven saves, um, which is pretty dang impressive. I got two baps as well, which is why that was up there. Um, What do their matchups look like? Uh, Cardiff and Huddersfield, the next two. Yeah, by Joe
2: Hart, (laughs) even if it's for two weeks. Yeah, that's why I said. They got two good fixtures coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes him super worth it. Um, The easiest bargain bin is Juan Basaka. Uh, what is Doherty at Wolves? Because he's looked really good. Four point four. I wouldn't yeah. mind Doherty at Wolves. Um, I, I think their defense has been pretty impressive. Southampton, Palace, Watford, Brighton. Maybe two clean sheets out of those four. Yeah, um, I like
2: Willie Bowley there too as well. He that's seems like fair. He's, just, he's got a solid spot. Yeah, I will say Man. that Bully um,
1: benefited. If you're looking at total scoring, you're like, oh, Bully's better than Doherty. Part of that was that handball goal against City. Yep. Um, that should have counted. Doherty last week got the assist and arguably should have had a goal. Um, yeah. <clears throat> wait, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. And but anyway. Jo- and
2: Wolves, to me, just screams bargains, you know, with, yeah, with Doc, And it's actually pronounced Doherty, by the way. Sure. Uh, and uh, jo- But watching Wolves the last couple of weeks, Johnny gets very forward, very mm-hmm. involved in crosses. Yeah. And Cody is a very, very solid, solid defender. He's not going to do much for you up going up top. He reminds me of like a, a younger Gary Cahillish kind of guy. Like he's stout but he's not going to do much but he's going to be there for most of the games and and Bennett has been Ryan Bennett's been getting getting some good run he's had, he started all every game all season so mm-hmm. i mean there's, there's definitely value in in the Wolves defense basically nobody's above 4.6 because of one one price change by by Willy Bowley.
1: Yeah um, then in midfield I, I just really wish it was Danny Ward because yeah. at 4.5 the fact that he's playing as a striker is so awesome but Cardiff are maybe gonna score like 15 goals this whole season, so that yeah. doesn't really help you much. Uh, so I'll just default to Ryan Fraser. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but the fact that he's at 5.0, point... oh, he's up, dang, he's up to 5.9 now. Yeah, did not realize that. Um, but he's is played you... literally every minute for them. The fact that he's still showing up, uh, top of the list and like chances created and and crosses and stuff like that is it, it, for what his price is. They they priced him like he was outright gonna lose this job to Jordan mm-hmm. Ibe, and he just didn't. No. Nope. Um, so the fact that he's he's as good as he is down there is great. And, and if you wanted to go back to the to the Wolves, well, mm-hmm. you can. Um, but I'm not really going into them a lot. For whatever it's worth, Matinho is the one that leads in all creativity stuff. Not yeah. Jota, not Neves. It's Matinho that's running that show. But even he sits a little bit further back than I'd like. Um, for a fantasy midfielder while we're on Wolves though Jimenez is dope that's actually what my uh, ESPN article was about mostly was yeah. about how how good value Jimenez was against United and then hey look he got an assist which <laughs> it's always nice when your fantasy calls get backed up so up front Jimenez not a bad shout Mitrovic the obvious one um, currently leads the league in goals and shots on target which is just ridiculous like Everybody kind of knew Mitrovic would be good this year, just based on what he did last year for Fulham, and the fact that unlike most Championship strikers, he had the build of a Premier League player already. Like mm-hmm. Dwight Gale scored like twenty five goals in the Championship, came back up to the Premier League, and I don't think anyone owned him. Um, yeah, exactly. But Mitrovic, you're just like, yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna score. Um, so he's he's the obvious one here. But yeah, for my cheap one, I'll just go him and S. just buy all the Wolves players. That's yeah, why I wrote an article Wolves. about it. So, in the lack of knowing about this question, I've apparently just defaulted to the team I've most recently researched.
2: Yeah, my midfielder to look out for is uh, Anthony Knockart from Brighton. I never mm. know how to say his name. I want to say Knockart, but it's they yeah. always add an extra syllable. Uh, Should have scored against us. Yeah, and I, if you're if you're looking for like the anti Fulham play, if somebody's not like paying attention. G. Michael Seri is a phenomenal, phenomenal player for them. He gets a lot, he gets a lot of touches on the ball, which is great. He's basically like, I'm not saying he's Jorginho light because there's no Jorginho light when he commits more passes in one game than it, when I think what do you yeah. call it defenders have done all year. I can't remember who what team it was, but it's crazy. Um, yeah, so midfielder wise, I mean forward wise, you're basically going with name name brands here. Um, but Jimenez is a great shout. Uh, if, if Ianacho keeps playing in that Okazaki role, Ooh, I could see, some, yeah. I could see some value there. He did score yesterday in the Caribbean cup, I believe. Yeah, he did. And he scored and assisted last week in the game and got 76 minutes. So, I mean, there could be something there and he's basically doing what Okazaki does basically run your butt off for as long as you're on the pitch and then we're going to take you off. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there, there's values to be had. It's just, you know, you know, if there was if there was a non penalty for transfers, we'd all be we'd all be geniuses and not be minus fours.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, those are our, those are our bargaining
2: guys. Do you want to go through our teams or just call it? Yeah, I I well I we could jump into it real sure. quick. I I told everyone before I I went I brought in Raheem Sterling, but I have a lot of extra money, so I I brought in Raheem Sterling and Ryan Fraser. I I transferred out Lucas Moura and uh, somebody somebody else. I can't remember. But, yeah, it was another midfielder, so I went Sterling and Frazier. So now my team is uh, Alonzo, Wambasaka, Cedric. I still own Mendy because I think he's – I'm not – I think i didn't buy in Mendy until late, so I'm not losing anything or I'm not gaining anything. I'm still at where he is, and I hold the boss in defense. Sterling, Hazard, Madison, Seri, and Frazier in the midfield. Mitrovic, Aguero, Wilson up top.
1: Yeah, um, we weirdly have very different teams considering a lot of times when we do this, <laughs> it's like, oh, look, it's like we talk all the time. Um I'm throwing Begovic out one last time here against Palace, um, which is going to hurt me because I have both Wambasaka and Zaha, but I prefer him than Ryan against City, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Begovic at the back, then Robertson, Shaw, Wambasaka, which I mentioned earlier. Then in midfield, Fraser, Salah. I still have Lucas Moura. I don't think taking him out against Huddersfield is a great idea, but I admit that it's very concerning that he's leading the line for Tottenham today, and Lamella seems back and informed. But Lamella is also starting now. But things are about to get really annoying and rotating at Tottenham, probably short of Kane and Eriksen. Um, but I do still have him, and I'm not planning on getting rid of him this week. I still have David Silva. He missed last week, so I assume he'll play this week, and then I'll get rid of him. Um, then up front, Mitrovic, Zaha, Aguero is my combination of three. Like I said, I, I'm, I'd be curious about potentially getting up to Kane if Salah doesn't perform this week against Chelsea, which, by the way, he has in the past, um, if he doesn't perform this week. And then has a, who does he have after that? Is it City? Yeah. Um, then I may shift out on Salah and then upgrade to Kane at forward. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I, I'm i buying into Kane's recent performances. I just can't make the move in one week, which is one of the reasons why I'm considering banking my free transfer this week uh, and just continuing to roll out more and Silva. But that's where mm-hmm. I am right now. Oh, and Alonso's on my bench in case you're wondering where my money is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also still have 1.4 in the bank. Um, which will help me if I if I need to upgrade. Uh, all right, uh, a little shorter, um, but we're, like we said, we're, we're just going to try to make sure that we get content out to you, whether or not it's in the usual format. We'll see, um, but we wanted to make sure you guys could hear from us. Here are dulcet tones, and apologies again for our weird delays. Rob, tell folks where they can get at
2: you. Uh, on Twitter, FPL underscore MNOP, and that's it, because that's where I'm at, and I don't even respond that much. But if you want to hit me up, go ahead. <laughs> Yep, Um,
1: then as, uh, well, I'm at Kevroff on Twitter, and as Rob alluded to earlier, I do have an article up on ESPN about Wolves. It was angled a little bit towards the match against Manchester United, but there's still a lot of seasonal advice in there, uh, particularly the formation they play and how it benefits Raul Jimenez. Um, So yeah, if you're interested in that ESPN stuff, go check it out. ESPN.com slash fantasy. I don't think there's an official soccer tab yet, but under fantasy, you'll be able to find it listed as soccer in the States, or I think it is listed as football in the UK. Um, also, listen to the EPL roundtable on this very channel. You hear people talking about their clubs. Typically, you can glean some fantasy knowledge from that based on who's playing well, who's going to be playing at all, which is obviously an issue for all these big clubs with all these other competitions going on, except Manchester United. They're fine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. Apologies again about the inconsistency of us. Uh, we'll try to do better, but we won't promise that we will. Uh, best of luck to your fantasy teams, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.